Welcome to The Line Between, a Pradesi podcast. Hi again, this is Kitki. And this is Elisa. And we're back to remind you to stay hating, stay humble, stay <laughs> cynical, and uh, yeah. Just be your professional hater self as much as you possibly can. Today we're gonna talk about something kind of fun, kind of not fun. Fresh. I don't think it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about a movie we watched recently. Or you watched recently. I watched. Because you could not go. How dare you not support? I know. But speaking of, that's the topic we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing otherwise? What do you mean, how am I doing otherwise? Because today we're going to talk about feelings. We're going to talk. So I want to ask you, Girl, how do you really feel today? I don't want this to be a therapy session. How do I feel today? Well, I can use this as a moment to kind of... Um, Touch base touch base and also let everyone know that i've been like going through it to be honest um for everyone who just wants to know i injured myself recently which was not fun it's not been a good time for me and the recovery has been really isolating the recovery has been super isolated i've been on my own and for anybody who who cares um (laughs) the thing that had happened is that i spilled hot oil on myself that is so poetic what do you mean that's so poetic? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm fully joking. But no, no, no. As in, you are very capable of cooking. And, you know. I'm really not, actually. I'm going to be a really big disappointment as a housewife one day. You give me very much sorted energy. Even through the chaos. Like I don't I don't know why you're getting that energy. Responsible. So the accident that happened, it's I, I fully just... It's, it's been a whole ordeal, Kitki. It really has. I spilled hot oil on myself thinking I was going to be fine. The wound got infected. That is that is more chaotic. Thinking you're fine. I mean, I with hot oil. I went to the emergency room. I went to A and E. They fixed. They did what they were supposed to. It got infected. That was not my fault. Yeah. It got infected, which was also not my fault. I would like to point out. But my foot was green, which is well, yeah. I saw photos guys. It was actually disgusting. Uh, insert photos here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna insert a photo. You can't see the photos. You don't need. Anyway. Nobody needs to see that. I was actually so gross, but. Um, yeah, I couldn't walk. I've been bedbound for weeks. It's not been it's not been a good time. But you're here. I'm and here. We're gonna talk about just some really fun topics today. We're really gonna get into um siblings, siblings and s- South Asian identity. Being a daughter. Being a daughter. Being an eldest daughter. You and I are both eldest yeah. daughters. Woo-hoo. Super <laughs> fun. And I think we're gonna finish off with just realizing. I- I'm already telling you what we're gonna realize. Just realizing that throughout our experiences in our families and kind of how we see the world, how big of a, you know, a uh, part of it is being an eldest daughter. And like what, yeah. can that affect how we like view our lives? I think so. I think being, maybe not viewing our lives, but I think it has a significant effect on your personality as a whole. Like even outside of your family, I think it really affects how you interact with those of, you the, those uh, with those around you and what kind of person i feel like a lot of eldest daughters like if you see a lot of these like videos on tiktok about eldest daughters and how we're very much like the mom of the group like you're very much like the kind of person who's like ready to take care of like your friends at any given moment because that's just what you're used to doing for so long um and like you're also the person who's like ready to like you're like the ride or die friend you are the ride or die friend can I interrupt yeah, yeah. really quickly? Because you just made me realize, like, I was recently having this conversation with one of my friends where we were kind of like, when you have a friendship group, you kind of consider your kind of 
identity in that group. Obviously, you shouldn't be in a group where, you know, you have like roles to play. It should be very, you know, you should be comfortable to be whatever. Uh, But I was thinking about it and I was like, I'm not the mom friend of my group. I mean, no surprise there, but I'm really not the mom friend. And all things considered, like I'm obviously I'm the eldest daughter. I'm the eldest child. I also am the eldest niece, grandchild, great grandchild. Like Same. There's a whole list. <laughs> Same. So all of these things considered, you would think in theory that that leaves space for me to, I don't, I mean, not that mom friends do this, but exert a certain level of dominance or leadership yeah. and um, take care of my friends in certain ways. It's not that I don't. I, re- I mean, my friends watching this are listening to this are like... You're just telling your friends that you don't give... You don't actually care like, about Sorry, them. guys. I don't really care what's happening. You yeah, know. You're kind of just like placeholders in my life. I don't really care what happens. <laughs> no, no, no. Not like that. But I feel like I realized recently when I was talking about it that um, if anything, because of maybe my identity in my household and uh, growing up, that being with friends who you're really... You're like truest self with. Like you're vulnerable. You're able to yourself maybe it goes the opposite where you kind of let go a little and you feel so safe with a group that you're like i think think that's true right each other you actually agree with that i think if you're with a group of friends that like you really feel comfortable with and you really feel like you've like almost like they're like your found family almost yeah i feel like you don't have to play that role of like needing to take care of other people and needing to be in that position of like looking after the people because it's so exhausting doing that in your own time like with your family as it is you don't need to need to do that with your friends and or like you don't have like the desire to do that because yeah, it feels a lot more equal whereas I yeah. feel like in a family environment it doesn't feel yeah. as equal. It almost feels like a house of cards and it tumbles. that's going to topple if you're not there to keep it together. Yeah. But saying that still there needs to be a balance because what can happen is it's like an elastic bad that at home you feel all this pressure, you feel all this um dependent the burden of dependency on you that when you are with certain people doesn't even have to be friends maybe a relationship or whether or maybe at work uh basically a different environment than home yeah. uh that elastic band stretches the other way where you're so far detached from responsibility yeah, and things yeah, yeah. that you don't even want to touch it you don't want to even want to go near it and then what that creates is just a lot of mess it really <laughs> and this so is this yeah. is not to say that like you you're like criticizing your family or anything and it's not like a criticism of like anybody's family or anyone's kind of family dynamic it's just that that's the reality of like certain yeah. kind of things sometimes like burying your head in the sand is not going to change the fact that that is what's happening. it's important to be self-aware this yeah. is my hot take of this episode oh, that gosh. in 2023 I think you cannot afford to not be self-aware. Yes. Only because, 100%. and I'm not talking about, obviously there's accessibility issues. I'm not out here preaching that everyone should go to therapy and do the work because reality is we don't all have time to put in that work mm-hmm. because we're all doing jobs and side hustles and trying to, you know, survive. Also, accessibility, like yeah. not everyone has that money. Yeah. But you should be surrounding your you should be surrounding yourself with people who maybe... Um, encourage you to question yeah. the way you react to things or the way you uh, perceive things. Because, you know, what What else is the point in life if you can't constantly um, progress and think, why am I thinking the way I do? So, I mean, maybe this whole podcast is going to be us thinking why we think a certain way, but yeah. I also think it should be encouraged because thinking a lot is, is good for you. <laughs> I mean, That's my hot take. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good hot take. I'm not going to lie. 
As in, you do, we can't afford to not be self-aware yeah, nowadays. It it's not, I mean, it's not like it's your friend's jobs to like check police. Yeah, yeah. police you. It's just that you should have people around you that are going to, you know, kind I mean, kind of check you, but not, not necessarily like completely put you in check. But at the same time, they're going to be there to just kind of push you a little bit. I give you a different perspective. Yeah, give you a different Sometimes it takes a friend to really sit you down and be like, hey, I've noticed this about you, you or you tend to do this. And the way you take it sometimes is immediately like, oh, no, I've yeah. messed up or, um, oh, they hate me. <laughs> but it's never like because, that. Because you don't know, like, what your uh, reactions are like to other people until someone else tells you. And then you have, because you have one, you have one version of, like, image of yourself and other people have another image of yourself. Yeah. So it's really, it's really kind of interesting. I mean, I feel like we've gone on this, like, actually different tangent yeah. than what we originally but intended. what our plan is for today is kind of talking about family dynamics specifically sibling dynamics yeah specifically sibling dynamics i mean you haven't watched it yet but i recently watched polite society which i loved which is amazing it's an amazing movie um in terms of i was saying this earlier but like in terms of like pakistani representation I'd give it a six and a half out of ten. Yeah. It was just because there were like little like nuances here and there. Like that if you weren't Pakistani, you would watch it and be like, wow, this is like really cool. This is really cute. Yeah, this and, is culture. And you would not like check it. But I watched it with a Pakistani friend of mine. And the both of us, there were like times here and there. We were kind of just like hmm. side eyeing each other. Like, wait a minute. That's, that's, it's not like it was like offensive. It's not like it was completely. Part of it was like a little bit incorrect, but it wasn't like. To the point that you're like... It wasn't wildly assumptive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like that. It wasn't anything like a massive, massive red flag or like cancelable anything. It was just something that was slightly like... Yeah. Yeah, it was... But it was okay. I, In terms of representation, like I said, six and a half out of ten. But in terms of a movie, it was amazing. It was so fun. So funny to watch. And the cast was all really cool. The cast was all really, really cool. And like the sisterly like relationship in that movie was really, really interesting to see. Because I feel like... The last, I think you you mentioned there was an article that it said this was like bended like Becca meets Kill Bill. Yes. Even though this is nowhere near as graphic or yeah. violent as Kill Bill. <laughs> but I feel like I can't think of another show in which there are two South Asian sisters since bended like Beckham. Yeah. And even in bended like I mean, Beckham. We had, sorry to interrupt, we had a um, Bridgerton with Kate and Edwina, but even that had its own. You know, so, I mean, that had its own, that was... Isolated own, world. Isolated world, isolated universe. I mean, more so like in like modern... Real life. Real yeah. life, kind of rooted in real life. I don't think I remember seeing anything since Bended Like Beckham. No, even, me neither. Even in Bended Like Beckham, I remember those two having a really weirdly combative relationship. Yeah, they hated Because them. like, I can't remember the characters' names, I'm really sorry, but like, the girl who wanted to be a footballer, she would just... Yeah. She, Jess, yes. Just breathe. Yeah, yeah. So she was like obviously all out there. She was doing what she wanted to do. And her oldest sister was just like, I want to get married. How dare you? Had your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they had a, they were because they were such different personalities. They had such a combative relationship. And I feel like that's not fair. Like, of course, sisters fight. Honestly, sisterly fights are somehow. You would know. I would know. I have two <laughs> sisters. Yeah. Two younger sisters. And sisterly fights are honestly so aggressive and so intensive. And I feel like not enough people. Talk about that. I feel like you see a lot of like movies and film in which you see like sisters and you're just like, oh my gosh, they're like lovey-dovey and they're just like yeah. best friends. No? They're like share clothes, share makeup, do hair. Like, that's not the case at all. The sisters, I swear to God, there's like a mix between like emotional damage. Pure emotional damage. <laughs> emotional damage and physical damage. I have gotten into physical fights with my sister as a child and she's five years younger than me. 
that's the thing. I feel like we, you know, we have a term for like girl dad, yeah, a uh, boy mom. We need to have different, like we need to start categorizing, not saying that we encourage that, yeah. but like girl sisters and like boy sisters. Because I'm a boy sister. There's a very, very big difference I, between girls and raised with only sisters. Exactly. Because I only have been raised with boys and the, like my younger brother. And I don't think it's at a level because we fought, we've had our fights and we've had our conflicts, but I don't think it's at a level that from what I know, deeply I know this, <laughs> that sisters can really get at it's so intense it's so dude i have gotten like into fights with my sister that like we did not speak for like six months like it was bad because they're like you but like sometimes smarter and you're like oh well well there's no (laughs) so like that's what i mean so this movie was really interesting to see that like that fighting aspect of it but also like the loving relationship as well so i really really enjoyed that but I, I mean, they didn't really touch much on it on at the movie about like, uh, what's the word? Cultural identity with, yeah. within a sibling in a, within the same household. But I feel like that is also something that's really interesting is that within within the same household, even though you might have you were raised the same way, you all had the same expectations. One sibling might have an entirely different relationship with their with their cultural identity compared to the other sibling, and it's really quite interesting on how these like paths sometimes completely diverge and like it i mean it's a it is kind of like a psychological question the whole nature versus nurture type thing yeah but it but i feel like particularly with south with not not necessarily south asian culture but like culture specifically it's it's really kind of weird i I think it starts i think the earliest that it starts is with language from what i've noticed yes because sometimes what happens especially i mean we're both first generation immigrants yeah I was born in India. I moved yeah. abroad. Um, and and then my brother was also born abroad. Mm-hmm. So I think from there, from that start, you see a certain sibling maybe grasp a language mm-hmm. better, quicker, or also the fact that they were ex- just simply exposed to it. I think because, exposure is a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So exposure to language is, I feel like, such a fundamental thing because when I observe maybe, you know, brothers and brothers, sisters and brothers sisters and sisters um especially with their cultural identity a big thing is language because what you usually tend to see is that the younger sibling maybe can't speak the language as fluently or as quickly or natively it's a really interesting kind of common thread is that it's usually the younger sibling that has a larger disconnect you know why i think it's because maybe a lot of us and maybe this is something a lot of people relate to is that the older sibling was born in the motherland then you move then the younger siblings are often born abroad so like a lot of the friends i had in america in the uk here it's really similar where the older sibling was born in india or you know back home and then the younger siblings are born here so what tends to happen also is that you have that like you said exposure to the language you have people and family and friends around you that speak it your mother tongue but then once you move here the younger sibling as much as your parents try to like retain the culture or maybe put you in language classes, just naturally maybe you're exposed to a different schooling system, a different type of people. At least that's what happened with like a lot of people in my family. Yeah, uh, it's not like a hard and fast rule. Like yeah, I yeah. don't want to generalize uh-huh. here, but I've just as it's, an, it's a semi-common thread. Yeah, yeah. I've just observed that I think the first distinction or the first kind of um, moment of variation mm-hmm. starts with language. And that's such a big part of our it is, culture. It is, it is. I you feel know? like 
if you i feel like the language is like the first domino to fall if you don't have a connection with the language it becomes increasingly more difficult to then connect with the rest of it it's not that not to say that you can't because sometimes you like you don't have you don't speak the language but you can still connect to everything else you can yeah. still have a connection with the rest of your culture you just physically your brain will just not form those sentences that's not on you but i feel like a lot of the time that is the first domino to fall and it becomes very very difficult to then build it back up you have to make a solid like concentrated effort yeah to bring it back up and i want to emphasize fluency is not the same as sophistication oh yeah no 100 i just want to say that because i know there are people out there who are fluent they've went to you know language school maybe you can read it write it but i wanted i mean and this isn't to shame yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. of course but there's a certain ease in which when uh, a certain language is your mother tongue. Yeah. The way you think in it, the jokes you make. Yeah. Sometimes they they don't have it's, that. Like and that makes it harder. It does. It does make it harder. And I feel like, I don't know, it's 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 a certain level of comfortability as well. Like making jokes. Yeah. Um, expressing idioms. Yeah. Uh, expressing emotions. Mm-hmm. If your first language to do that isn't English, mm-hmm. but everyone back home, your, uh, you know, nannies, your ajis, anyone back home speaks something you know much different or thinks in a different language i think it becomes so difficult and so i want to express that language it's not just about fluency it's It's like do you grasp jokes because you know when you go back home sometimes you meet your cousins or you meet your family they make jokes do they ever go over your sibling's head or like even my head it goes over my head i'm not claiming to be like the, the most fluent girly ever but they go over your head and then you kind of empathize or you're like wait if i've never felt an attachment with this language that's not what i joke in or speaking how can i connect with it yeah no i agree with that i feel like it's complicated because like i don't know i i've noticed it a lot more recently about like my relationship like i was born in pakistan my ball me and my sisters were all born in pakistan but we weren't raised there like at all although the difference is that for me my first language was urdu it wasn't english yeah and all my like younger like baby videos, I'm speaking Urdu. Yeah, the same with me. I was born in India, but I spent the least amount of time there because I moved immediately, yep. and then yeah, yeah, most yeah. of my upbringing was outside of India. Exactly, same. But I know in my family, the reasoning why my sister, because I have two younger sisters, they're twins. I know why the technically middle child, the older twin, I know why she doesn't speak Urdu is more so because my family is very specific. Uh, dynamic in which the other twin in my family she has uh, cerebral palsy she special needs has been since the day that she was born i mean things thing, these things happen i love her she's the angel of the family she's literally the angel of the family which sometimes does not really work out because then somehow she gets away with literal murder yeah, literally anything literal murder like character assassination that girl actually goes through character assassination with me and all she has to go and turn around is go to mom, my mom and be like, Mom, Lisa's being mean to me. And I'm like, and suddenly I'm the villain. Yeah, it's suddenly they make me. She's full on youngest child mode. Like, I don't like <laughs> I don't want to hear anyone ever like infantilizing people with special needs or people with uh, with anything else because they can be just as evil as siblings. <laughs> <laughs> they can be just as evil. I swear Wait, to no. God, they can. Because end of the day, she's she's your baby sister she was my baby sister before anything before anything else but like because of her because of our specific family dynamic we were encouraged to only speak one language at home to promote kind of her understanding so that she could communicate better with us but because my sister twins my sister didn't have that exposure to urdu as much as i did it's not yeah. to say that she can't understand she can but her understanding and her uh like ability to speak isn't as 
good as mine is. It's just, yeah. it's not or complex and not as complex, and it's not a criticism on her. No, I, I, I don't. They have no choice in it they because no in you it. don't get to choose where you're born and raised. Okay, you don't, you don't get to choose, and I don't begrudge my parents for their decision. It's very complicated, of course, but it's, it's very. It's interesting to see how different it it's is. It's very, very interesting to see how it is. And like I have noticed more so in like my own relationship and how I speak Urdu is that my Urdu is it's like semi-fluent. It's not completely because a lot of the times I can speak it, but sometimes like the words will get lost in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I'll struggle to get the words out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. But like I don't know, it's like my pronunciation is fine, but that sometimes my grammar gets completely off, and like I think no, my grammar is no go. Sometimes I have to consciously think about it. Sometimes it's unconscious. Yeah. Sometimes it's con- it's conscious. And then I noticed recently that apparently I get angry in Urdu. Oh, I get angry in my mother. I did not realize. Like I was on the phone with a friend of mine the other day, and who also speaks Urdu, and I was talking to her, and I didn't realize like as I was getting angrier. I was were cussing her out. No, I wasn't cussing. I was angry with her. I was talking about something else. Okay, okay. I was explaining the situation to her, and as I was explaining it to her, I just started transitioning into Urdu and just started speaking Urdu because I just started yelling. That's your whole. That's my angry. That's my angry. No, I'm also angry in Meraki. I notice that whenever we have heated discussions, arguments, I can absolutely. I don't speak English with uh, argument. I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't argue much with people in English, <laughs> but it's only my family. But no, and I think, but that that's because of how we've been raised. I like to tell people on this topic that I'm so much funnier in Marathi, but I told that to my parents. Oh, my ego was gone. I was like, I was like, guys, like, I really think I'm funnier in Marathi. And they were like, oh, is it? Are you sure? I was like, yeah, maybe that to you. But no, no, no. I like to think that. I mean, now now I've said it. I have to back it. So if anyone can speak Marathi and wants to have a little giggle, uh, just contact me. Just to test. No, but it's it's interesting because that's exactly my point. That complex emotions like anger, humor, mm-hmm. um, sadness, mm-hmm. pity, the whole spectrum. I think if that's in your mother tongue, that's far more complex than just learning. Can I have more water? Yeah. Can I please um, just like speaking or just saying hi, hello to like your grandparents? I think there's a different yeah. like nuance to it, and I think that actually goes back to like our what uh, to our conversation that we had earlier about music. Mm-hmm. is that I don't know about you but I feel like the music in like Urdu Hindi or any other kind of our mother native tongue it like hits different it than does. in English like it actually does like it's in, beautiful English is I love English music I've, I have been listening to it much longer than I have been listening to Urdu music but it really kind of just hits different it really does it's like but it's do like, you feel like you need to know the language to connect with it like do. that closely you do you do and I I that's like been my kind of new kind of journey of, yeah of, of like connecting with your connecting language connecting with my language connecting with my culture through music and like i because i can't read or write or do directly i read it like a five-year-old love like i have to like sure. sound it out <laughs> so like at spotify has this great thing where like you can see the lyrics underneath yeah. so like, i i i saw i felt myself like feel it in real time where i was listening to a song and i read it and then i could understand what the song was saying because my issue has always been that like in urdu 
I can't understand what the song is saying because it's just so like sophisticated and poetic. Yeah. And when I read it, I found that I could understand it because but that's amazing. That's the journey that I feel like. But you wanting to do that yeah. maybe comes from a place of you having that pre-existing, pre-existing thing. Yeah. Like because love, I, I, affiliation I, yeah. to the language. I can't imagine my sibling doing that. My si- my sister does not want to go have the interest. She doesn't. It, it, it's again, it's on a criticism on her. She just simply just doesn't. Yeah. have the interest i hope our siblings don't are not listening to this my sister i swear to god she loves me i know she does <laughs> but i know for a fact she my brother's not listening to I this know. either so this Even is the open sister, space my sister is literally our target demographic which oh yeah she's still not listening i know for a fact that's so true she has bigger but... and better things to do in her life. Yeah, <laughs> but we still have to talk about it like she can listen to my nonsense in her own time i don't think she wants to take time she gets you for free she gets for free in life for the rest of her life. But I don't think she needs to go into Spotify. <laughs> it's like, it's I miss my sister today. <laughs> While I'm doing my dishes, have you just listened to her? I, I don't think she needs to see that. Maybe my parents. Maybe yeah. my parents will be listening. But maybe. big maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that too. No, but language is definitely, I think, the first thing. But then also, um, the next thing I think is the media and like exposure through that. Because yeah. a lot of us, our exposure to the, you know, culture is... Uh, through film and TV and radio and like Bollywood, Hollywood, um, and like TV show Star Plus, oh like. But do you feel like there's, despite so exactly what you're saying at the beginning, we're raised in the same household, mm-hmm. we're seeing the same stuff that our parents are putting on the TV, but like, why is it that maybe one of us feels more in touch with it and then the other person? This is a big question, but. Uh- personally think i feel like i've thought about this i personally think that it's it depends um maybe on your age gap maybe and i feel like it might be to do with wanting to differentiate yourself in the family and carve out an identity for yourself in the family like as an eldest if depending on the age gap like me and my sisters have about a five-year age gap so i had a good amount of time to like not necessarily marinate but like marinate yeah marinate <laughs> develop like a version of myself whereas yeah. I feel like if you're a middle child you don't have that undivided attention from your parents mm-hmm. and then you also don't have like middle children are shaking as you speak my old sister <laughs> but like yeah. they don't have the i mean it's not like i'm saying anything scandalous it's no, like you're not it's like yeah. a fact you don't actually have the undivided attention of your parents and then a lot of them actually adopt personalities from their older siblings until they eventually develop their own personalities at a later on time so i think once they get older and they realize they're trying to figure themselves out i think their version of carving themselves out might be to like distance themselves from their culture make themselves different also we all have these weird phases like i i don't want to lie and say we have it that sometimes there's a bit of embarrassment oh i definitely growing up in a western country You have a little, you have that brief, I mean, I hope it's brief because no one should be feeling like that, but you have that phase where you're like, listen, the last thing I want to be associated with is my home country. Oh yeah. I reject speaking it. If my parents call, I'm going to go out the room from my friends and pick that call up and talk in my mother tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you feel embarrassed if there's like cultural events or pujas or like celebrations and you don't want to wear that outfit yeah. and the, you know bindi or anything you feel uncomfortable you feel like you're like on display you feel like you're in a costume that's how i felt always so like i don't want to speak for the public but so many of us feel like that and so maybe a lot of our siblings if that's you know we're specifically talking about looking to younger kids are going through their phase and i think it would do well for us to be sympathetic because what i found is 
sometimes when we've pushed through that phase and we've reached this I like space of I'm proud of my identity, whatever it looks like. Obviously, it doesn't have to be I'm DC and I'm proud. Yeah. And this is not specific to South Asian culture. But when you reach that space, it's easy to look at others mm. and kind of be unsympathetic to their rejection of it yeah, yeah, yeah. and be like, you know, that's so embarrassing. Why Why are you embarrassed? Or, you know, why can't you be more mature? But we're, were we? Um, I think also the large culprit in trying to identify or like maybe between siblings i mean of course siblings like look at each other like younger siblings look at it, older siblings as like a guideline almost not necessarily like follow completely but they kind of look like sometimes to reject it they're like that's what i don't want well, sometimes they're like absolutely not do i want to do that <laughs> yeah but i feel like another big culprit in the whole kind of um influencing your journey is your relationship with those of them that come originally from the motherland mm-hmm. and that was the experience that i had when i went to uni you're so right is that I didn't get a lot of support from people who were born and raised in Pakistan. Like, I went into uni hoping to make Pakistani friends. And I expand. And expand my horizons because I didn't didn't really ever have that, like, strong connection or experience growing up. And I really wanted that. Um, Because it's even though having South Asian friends is great, there's a specific nuance that comes from those who are from your specific community. No, definitely. Um, like same language, same faith. Same language, same faith, everything. There's a very, very specific nuance. It's not to say that like your other South Asian friends aren't good friends at all. It's just, it's just different. It's different, yeah. Um, but I didn't really get that. I got a lot of like other, well, like you're not really Pakistani because you weren't raised there. I'm like, how is that my fault? That's so fascinating. How is that it's, my it's, fault? it's exactly the dilemma of like being multicultural or being a third culture kid, which I think we relate to a lot because I don't know, we moved so much. My God. Yeah. Someone um, asked me, where are you from? Uh, I was like, how much time do you have? Do you have a map? Yeah. To draw it out? Literally. <laughs> but I think that's such a dilemma because you feel rejected by all all everyone so you have to forge a new kind of identity but i want to add to that have you noticed that sometimes family back home create an environment that is so inconducive so so like on you know what is the opposite of of of, you know catalyst you know it's the exact wormhole where where they're barrier yeah it's they they you know i think they take NRI kids I mean I don't want to say NRI but like people who have left and are, are growing up somewhere else they come back and instead they of kind of a joke yeah instead of supporting you or, and I don't want to go back to language but that's the first hurdle that the the minute you're like you know hi hello whatever they're like look at your accent what have you forgotten this language and when you're treated like that I don't blame people I mean I don't have at all to be like hey no I I don't want to speak this language. I don't I don't feel any connection to back home or my culture because they're the ones who are rejecting me. My start your family. Exactly. Your experience that every time that you speak that language ends up becoming uh becoming the butt of the joke. And you're yeah. the, and you're you're being made fun of. And it happens in sibling dynamics where one of them is like a star. Yeah. One of them can speak it, the accent's flawless, mm-hmm. the I don't know, the interest is there. And the other sibling like, is like, why can't? well, your your brother could do it. Your why could you do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's the comparisons. When will we, as a community, as South Asians, be free of this? Why are we in a chokehold? Why? <laughs> From just comparison. <laughs> when no. will we be free of this, of comparing? But what, why can we not mind our own business? But what's crazy, is because it comes from your family, that um, barrier kind of goes down where they're like, well, I'm family. I This is me just pointing it out. Yeah. 
I'm allowed to say what I want, basically. And yeah, and I, I feel like putting it in, let's say you're listening to this and you're not, you know, South Asian or maybe you have not experienced something like this. I want to put it into perspective. Let's say you're learning a foreign language like French. You go to Paris. You're super eager, like you're putting in the time to learn. You're going, uh, you know, above and beyond. You go to Paris and the first thing is people are like, ew, like Don't you sound awful. Please never know, do that again. Get better. Ha, ha, ha. And then they're like, oh, my God, come here. Come here. Look how bad she sounds like. Like that's the encouragement. That's not going to make you. Want Does that ever make you? Would you leave that situation, go home and be like, no, I should get better. I mean, maybe, but it's coming from a place of fear of like needing to fit in and not wanting to be ridiculed and mocked mm -hmm. for how you sound. So it's interesting that maybe family are the ones that fuel that initial divide yeah. of one of you is valid because yeah. one of you is, you know, they see enough, mm -hmm. Pakistani enough, Indian enough, but the other one is it yeah. or the other ones aren't. But yeah, families, families, families might be the first culprit in the sibling divide. I think definitely. I, I think, think so. But not necessarily. Again, I feel like anytime you talk about this, I feel like sometimes people get like really offended and be like you can't be criticizing especially those of us who come from like immigrant households yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can't be criticizing your parents that you know they did so much for you and i'm like you again it's not a criticism you can just be self-aware i think the subtle nuances of, of realizing that despite yeah how your parent obviously a parent's treating each child differently it is a fact it's just time I just, place i think it's again i remember i think i saw this on tiktok but <laughs> <laughs> i saw it on tiktok but I think it was somewhat, it was like some uh, quote that someone had said that like with the eldest child, the difference in how you were raised is because you were growing up with your parents. Like you were growing up together. You were learning together. You were learning Yeah, you together. made your parents' parents. Who were they before that? Just a couple of dudes. They just, you know, they were just hanging out and you showed up, exactly. you know? So you were like learning together. You were growing together. Whereas siblings afterwards, like they knew what they were doing about. It's, you know, it's like that first pancake analogy. The first yeah. pancake is like, it's a little bit wonky. Oh, I'm a crispy pancake. I'm a cr we're both crispy pancakes. Whereas the next one. <laughs> or maybe like, undercooked. It's like nicely like round. And Beautiful. Like, knows what they're doing. They know how much to pour in. Like it's like, oh, that's a duration. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a beautiful little analogy for me to think about later. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that we're burnt and crispy pancakes. Yeah. No, no, no. But speaking of, I think there's such a huge conversation that's emerging. I mean, it was always there. Mm -hmm. But on TikTok, Instagram, everywhere that I'm seeing of this idea of like uh, eldest daughter in an immigrant household. Oh, yeah. And that is not specific to South Asian yeah. women. Um, but that one, that one I feel like is a little bit different because... Although the eldest daughter, I kind of experience like the pressures and the responsibilities. I feel like that's fairly universal from what I've seen. So universal, yeah. But I feel like in an immigrant household, regardless of like ethnic origin or whatever, um, I think it it also means that you have this kind of responsibility not only to your siblings, but also this like weird responsibility with your parents. Like a mediator. A mediator, du duty, like caretaker to your parents. Translator, some caretaker, caretaker to your to your siblings, translators for, for some people. Like it's it's a weird place to be in. And we're significantly weirder place to be in in that sense for, for immigrant families, I think. And I want to add, like, I think so much of the conversation is obviously rightfully a space for people to share their trauma and share their experiences. Um, but I just want to add that, like, when I was seeing all of this, and obviously I'm, you know, eldest daughter in an immigrant household, uh, I didn't relate to 100% of 
a lot of, of what I was, you know, seeing where, you know, they were like, you know, my parents gave me this. I only have one younger sibling, so yeah. I can't really be like, I was raising six kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, things like that. There's so, like I said, there's so many socioeconomic nuances to there this. There you are, yeah. But what I really, you know, what really um, resonated with me was this idea that we have this um, invisible, almost invisible adopted responsibility that at some point in our lives, we were like, no, this is my role. Yeah. And what I want to say is like, I've had conversations with my parents where I've been like, I have to do this. I have to be like this. I want to do this with my life. And sometimes my parents have been like, but why? Who who said that? And I already know. No, no, no. And I fully know the expectation. I didn't grow up with very strict parents or very pressuring parents. Yeah. No, they're, yeah so they were, my parents really didn't come from a, you have to be academically this, that. Not at all. They really, really detached themselves from that. So I was like, wait a second, you're right. Where did I just magically come up with this thing of I need to be like X, Y, Z if you're not the ones telling me? And I realized it's like a weird, I don't know, like um, creation of my own, like a, a, a my own little Frankenstein that maybe everything has to be perfect. I have to act like this. I have to be this for everyone. Um, it's a lot of pressure. And it's self-created. It really, <laughs> That's what I realized. It really is self-created. Um, I mean, a part of I think the root of it is probably the kind of responsibilities that are placed upon you as a child from your parents. But then all everything else, like the anxiety, the pressure, the self-deprecating kind of yeah. of having yourself is all... Like osmosis. Like even when people don't, are not saying the exact words, yeah. maybe it's the sentiments that you... You learn and you're like, I have to be responsible all the time. You know what sentence makes my blood boil now? And I'm gonna, this might make you feel guilty in a second. What? Is that uh, when people tell me that, oh, you're fine. You have it together. Oh, my God. Oh, as in like, <laughs> as in why guilty? Because I told you. I mean, you said it like, <laughs> you said it like an hour ago. Oh, <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> like, um, no, 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 but expand. I know what you. Yeah, what I know what you mean. Like I've been told that so often that like at least it's fine. She'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. She's okay. You know, she has it together. But like I'm internally like the biggest mess inside. Oh, genuinely yeah, such yeah. a mess inside. I don't know what I'm doing. And like it genuinely makes my blood boil because it just feels like everyone is just like we don't need to worry about. It. Let it, her do what she wants. It, like sometimes yeah. I need help, bro. Like it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this exactly. It's this emphasis on invisible burden or responsibility that even when people don't think about it they're saying oh she's gonna be fine i get that i also relate to that i'm sorry i really meant that with your cooking no, I, I was like at least i'm sure you can cook but no, I know, I know, I know. but now i know you caught no i'm kidding i'm kidding but i think that's exactly the, like you're saying my point exactly that through with all of these um associations and these words that you grow up with you're like oh my god this is something I have to do and this is what's expected of me. Yeah. And it's and I think women throughout life, throughout history, have always had an invisible burden yes. of something. Always. And so this like eldest daughter dialogue is just a manifestation of it in the daughter duty sense. Mm -hmm. But if you talked about, you know, wives and like you know I, I wanna be like very mindful of the fact that it's not like the younger siblings don't have anything to worry about. No, don't of course not. And like responsibilities and their own pressure i imagine like for younger siblings there's a greater sense of pressure to then live up to the eldest the eldest daughter's um uh role in what she's done and what she's accomplished and what age she's going she's accomplished. i imagine and like her 
I, I imagine that like there's a lot of pressure to be just as mature as they are and to go through the exact same steps. But sometimes they're forced to mature because not to be really like um, crude, but like sometimes they're the ones who are left behind because, you know, the eldest daughter grows up and moves and, you know, has a whole adult life. And sometimes the younger siblings are the ones who are taking on the responsibility that is passed down sibling to sibling when that should have never been there in the first place. But yeah, you're right. And I, I can imagine that like if you have an eldest daughter who's like fairly mature from a young age and goes through all these and does not really tend to like push the needle that much. Mm-hmm. And then you have a younger sibling who cannot handle that kind of pressure and just kind of rejects all of that. Then the parents get confused, especially immigrant parents. I imagine they get confused and they're like, formula does not work. And they're like, that one didn't have any issues. Why is this one malfunctioning? I like they don't. I don't. <laughs> I like we made them the same. They're like, I don't get it. Like, why? <laughs> what is what? What is this system failure that's happening right now? I know. So, I think like it's all very complicated. I don't think there's a right or real answer. And again, I don't. I don't. I feel like it becomes this whole thing that when you talk about it, I don't want to criticize parents because parenting is hard. Parenting is so hard. Parenting is so hard. We don't know. We don't but... know because we don't have kids. I'm sure it is. I'm a child myself. But like I. <laughs> can see it and i can i've like obviously we we have a lot more like resources at our disposal now in this day and age than our parents ever did so we have a broader and greater understanding of like how difficult parenting is and how many new and how many nuances there is and like nuances there are and like you know it's all about choices you just gotta figure out as you go along so it's not a criticism on parents yeah and the thing is i think the, the the expectation that there is that every single sibling in one household is going to come out the same way or have the same because you wouldn't accept that like with career choices or 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 like I mean this is boiling it down so simply but do all your siblings dress the same no do all your siblings do the same degree or path in life no so it's weird to be like you know you should be exactly as you know um, copies of each other. Yeah, culturally in tune that I am. or That would be really weird if you... Exactly. Exactly. In exactly. So in, in if anything, like in conclusion, I guess, there's a real beauty in having siblings who sometimes, even if it frustrates you, it saddens you, or maybe sometimes it confuses you, that's fine. That's what they're there for. They're not you or they're not your parents either. The same way we're not our parents. Very complicated, three-dimensional human beings. Yeah. That's, that's- it's just interesting that we wanted to talk about like how crazy it is that like you can be under one household, mm-hmm. one set of rules, I guess, <laughs> and and maybe the same school even and come out so differently in regards to how you feel about your motherland, language, culture. Just even even at the bare minimum, your relationship with your family, like an old yeah, of course. Their sibling will have a closer relationship with the family than a younger sibling, or vice versa. Yeah, it doesn't like it, there's no like exact formula but it's just it really is quite interesting but on that note and also from seeing your take on polite society i'd love to see more movies and and you know media discuss i mean i'm sure there's lots of books as well i just haven't read them yet (laughs) um of discussing um siblings and putting like obviously i'm a sucker for rom-coms i love love them i'm never gonna reject a good romance I story love a cheesy romance yeah especially when i'm lactose intolerant but i love that cheesy romance. <laughs> but i would love to see the central characters being just a brother or sister two sisters yes and we are seeing it there's you know like, like i said bridgerton like was there yeah. polite society um i'm gonna listen to this back and be like there's so many more so many more, but, but- yeah, but, but it's so nice. It's really nice and wholesome to see that like sibling relationship and like better sibling relationships. 
and yeah. slightly more realistic ones like i supplied society they like fight yeah and that's more realistic than that is yeah, than yeah. just being like love you sis love you too sis. i'm like yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. sorry me and my sister barely say i love you to each other and it's not like we don't love each other we do yeah. but but how interesting is it that like the at the core of like south asian stories and south asian identity is family and our emphasis and obs- almost obsession with it i feel like it's yeah. a great win for us i'm not a win i mean sorry yeah great beauty about us as a community like family is like so at the core it's at the core of our associations yeah. but that's how ironic that like so little stories that we see are really focusing on the siblings there are like i said i want to emphasize They're there's probably that. so much out there but the things that i have seen it's like a second story or it's like a a subplot yeah. i would love to see a, a really fleshed out Sorry, just about siblings. Just about siblings. Because, yeah, they're like the bait of our lives and also like the love of our lives. So it's one of those funny... Like you want to like hug them and like love them, but at the same time you want to like choke them out. (laughs) You're like, what is wrong with you? I know. Literally, literally the same. And I think we should definitely come back to the whole eldest daughter dynamic. Because like without trauma dumping. There's just so much interesting avenues to go down when considering, you know what it means to be an eldest daughter why do we take on responsibility why do we feel indebted guilt oh my god one episode if you see a podcast title that's just like guilt just know it's from us it's just us trauma dumping it's just so we will give you a trigger warning to like not there'll be like issues in the corner like today we're gonna talk about guilt um no it'll just be an hour of us just like trauma dumping and crying yeah but jokes aside like i think that would be a great like episode I think so. Of like devoting the full time to thinking about um, guilt and being a daughter. Because listen, we don't have experience being wives or mothers. Oh, yeah. So what can we say? We know we have the experience of being daughters and sisters. As a former child as well. I can talk about my former child. Yeah, that's true. 22 is still a child as far as I'm concerned. I'm 23 and I'm still a child. I don't care. Exactly. I'm a child. So as current children and and daughters and sisters... There's so much to say. And, you know, however you also feel about maybe you don't even have siblings mm-hmm. and your relationship with your parents as an only child. That's also such a yeah. complicated topic, an interesting topic that we don't have the qualification we to don't. go into. I'm sorry. Um, but it, it would be nice to devote that time to really unpacking famil- like familial relations. Yeah, familial relationships, dynamics. Um, but yeah, watch Polite Society. Watch Given all the money, it's so good. More money, and it's really kind of sad that it's not making that much money because I feel like it's been made for a very niche audience. But it's just so fun. Even the trailer I I watched is actually. I take that back. It's not been made for a niche audience. It's actually been made for a larger audience. Mass consumption. Mass consumption actually has, and it's. But I think maybe its marketing hasn't been great. But the trailer I watched and all the ads I've seen, it's making it seem like such a fun family movie. Yeah. That you can like watch with. I don't. I, I don't. I don't understand why not more people are like flocking to it. I really yeah. feel like they should. Maybe. Maybe the cultural aspect of it is too kind of making it niche. That maybe people are just seeing the cultural aspect and thinking they're like, oh, it's not for me. It's not for me, so I'm not gonna watch it. But it is. It is. It's niche for everybody. They don't like culture is really not like a core aspect of it. To be yeah. honest, it's really more about the sisters than it is about anyone else. And if you have a sister, you'll watch it and you'll be like. It's it is accurate. This is for me. This is made for me. This is the oh. sister representation. Representation is so important. This is the sister representation that I was looking for. So true. But yes, please go watch it. And yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. 
if you want to catch us on yeah. for they see otherwise yeah you can, you can follow follow our instagram for they see dot blog on instagram uh and uh, the website site per slash they see dot or per dash 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 not slash per dash they see dot com and then or if you want to send any suggestions to us by email you don't want to go through instagram website whatever <laughs> whatever you're Maybe but, you just want to beef us. Maybe you just via email. Via whatever floats your boat. We are also available at. We're all ears. We are all ears. We're also available at podcast.perdesi at gmail.com. Yeah. But yeah. Thanks, you guys, for listening to our nonsense. And see you next and time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.